This episode is brought to you by JScreen. Help prevent cancer and genetic diseases in your family. JScreen now offers CancerGen, a state-of-the-art test that analyzes the BRCA genes and over 60 other cancer susceptibility genes. This test can be life-saving. And JScreen's ReproGen test screens for over 200 genetic diseases such as Tay-Sachs and cystic fibrosis. Genetic testing for reproductive risk can save your baby's life. Both tests are done confidentially from the comfort of your home on saliva and telehealth genetic counseling is included. Visit jscreen.org to request your screening kit and claim $50 off either of these tests, Reprogen or CancerGen, with the code JLP50 at checkout at jscreen.org. Offer expires 12 2021 and applies to those residing in the U.S. This episode is brought to you by Meet to Marry. If you're sick of attracting the wrong people, wasting time on dead-end relationships, and wondering how other areas of your life can be so great while your dating life is so, well, uh, disappointing, then it's time to try a radically new approach to call in the loving, lasting, healthy relationship of your dreams. Start doing that today by signing up for the free masterclass, the five powerful shifts to quit attracting the wrong men and finally summon your soulmate at meettomary.com forward slash Jewish love masterclass. That's meettomary.com forward slash Jewish love masterclass. Jewish Money Matters episode 215, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Friday, December 17. It's the last day of school for my children. I'm having a slow day. Maybe I need to face the fact that it's winter break. Anyone doing anything special this winter break? Not around here. The Trush household will be on staycation, which is more like mom and dad work and kids entertain themselves. <laughs> it's it is good for kids to experience boredom and get creative. You know that, right? My kitchen will be messy. Yes, because they'll bake or they'll make sushi. They're into sushi lately or both multiple times, maybe multiple times every day. Um, and so will the playroom because I'm sure there will be some sorts of arts projects and crafts going on. My girls also recently started taking sewing lessons and which are really, really fun. So, you know, there might be some of that going on. Hopefully that's pretty productive. Anyway, if you come visiting me, you should expect quite the messy house because I'm not going to be keeping up with it. Uh, let, me, let this be my 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 public announcement <laughs> and reminder to feel blessed and em- embrace the mess. Oh, look at that. I can rhyme. All right, let's <laughs> tackle your money questions. Um, but before that, a review came in via email. Such a nice review. And I would like to highlight it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, yes, apparently there are more and more gentlemen now in the audience, which is totally fine and totally great. If you're listening on iTunes, take 20 seconds to leave a review. I mean, you can't even imagine how much it helps the show um, by making iTunes, I should really say Apple Podcast. That's the official new name. Uh, 
pay attention and recommend it to people. The more listeners that we have, the more people we're helping with their money. Yes. And you know what that means, right? We get closer and closer to a time where there's shalom, where there's peace and in all regards, starting with ourselves, starting with our homes, the epicenter of everything and uh, extending outwards to the world until we get to a point where there is no one in need. So share the wealth, leave a review. And I will also, I need to find a way to get reviews from other apps because I have been getting messages about that. You only announce Apple podcast uh, reviews. So anyways, this review came via email from a gentleman, Ellie, and he says, I came across your podcast just this week, and I am astounded. You're helping many people in a profound way, and the content slash guests, etc. are seven stars. That is so very sweet. He says, I know it's a ton of work. Kudos. Keep it up. It's inspiring. Well, thank you, Ellie. That was so sweet. And thank you, everyone who's listening to the show. I really appreciate that. I am happy that you're finding it helpful and inspiring. And that is the goal. Yes. All right. So let's go through the mailbag and tackle your questions. Oh, I should say, Ellie, you could be in touch with me um, and we can schedule a time to chat. Um, But in the meantime, let me know that you left that review, although I know because you left me an email. Um, let's go through the mail back because we have questions from we have questions from Anonymous on Instagram. We have questions from Sarah. We have questions from Leah. Here's a question that came via Instagram. By the way, you can always DM me on Instagram at Yael Trush. As you know, I changed the name, the handle at Yael Trush. So this question actually comes to Anonymous, but it's actually a colleague of mine. We're sort, sort of in the same field. And she says the following. She says, Yael, what do you respond when you ask a client or a coachee, are you a spender or a saver? And their response is, wait for it, ain't od milvado. What are they trying to say? Okay, you can imagine I had a little bit of a, I had to take a deep breath before I answer this. I think we need to address this here on the show, ladies and gentlemen. We have to get some perspective. I'm going to first tell you what I think they're trying to say when they respond with the question of saver or spender with the expression, the phrase, enot milvado, which means there's nothing but God, or more literally, there's nothing besides him, i.e. God. And then I'm going to tell you what I think needs clarification for this person and for everyone else. If indeed my assumption is correct about what I think they meant. So here we go. It sounds to me like this answer is a, I'll say cutesy, because I don't really have another adjective, (laughs) cutesy way of saying there's only God. And so it's inconsequential whether I save or spend, whether I'm a saver or a spender, there's nothing but God and he's in charge. So what does it matter how I relate with my money or manage my money? That's what I think this answer means, which I told my colleague. And it makes me sad. (laughs) And well, frankly, a little mad too. It sounds to me like this, God has it all taken care of. He, after all, is the only existence, which is true. And therefore, what difference does it make of what real consequence are my actions with money? That all sounds to me like a misconstrued application of what trust in God and effort or bitachon and ishtadlus are. Trust in God and human effort 
two concepts that we've talked about here before. They are intertwined, they're interconnected, they're all part of one thing, right? Trusting in God also means effort within the natural means because God has asked me to do the effort. And if I trust God, then I have to make the effort. So let me elaborate. Yes, Ein Od Milvado is the main premise of Bitachon, right? We trust that there is only oneness, that there's only one existence, and we rely only on that, on nothing else. But that same God, the only existence, says to us, mortals, humans in the world, use the natural world and do act in the natural world. That means save, invest, plan, etc., etc., etc. Indeed, the results of the save, invest, plan, etc., etc., are in God's hands. Therefore, ain't novado. There is really nothing but you, God. And if you want it to work, you will. And if you don't want it to work, you won't. But and that's that's your responsibility. You you are you deliver the results. But me, tiny human me, I have a responsibility to do your will. I have to do your will. And your will is that I operate in the natural world and that at the same time I do it with utmost trust that there is nothing but you and that you will deliver good results in the way that I like them. And if I don't like them, I still trust that that's the best for me. So in summary, Ain od milvado is not mutually exclusive with financial planning and taking and in taking responsibility for the way we behave with money, with whether we're a spender or a saver. It's it's not mutually exclusive with any of that. And so answering ain od milvado to the question of do you tend to spend more or save more is honestly to me sounds like a cop out. <laughs> it's abdicating our responsibility as humans who have been granted life and the gift of money by God Almighty. That's what I have to say about that. Yes, for me, it means we're abdicating our responsibility as humans who've been gifted with the gift of life and of the gift of resources by God Almighty. Okay, so on that note, I'll let that, you guys, you guys chew on that a little bit. But on that note, let's just move to another more practical question, less philosophical. Although I actually don't think that's philosophical. I actually think it's very practical, but you know, that's just me. Anyway, this question comes from Sarah on Facebook. And by the way, speaking of Facebook, you all know that I have a private Facebook group for women called, huh, how original, Jewish Money Matters. Yeah, you can look it up. It's so easy. Um, are you a part of it? You can join. Okay, so Sarah asks, I don't know anything about investing money. Where does one start? So investing money is a huge term, Sarah. Yes, you're right. You can let let's let's do a very brush strokes because I did follow up and say and I, I asked, Do you do you mean in the stock market? She says, Well, in general, I just don't even like what does investing money mean? Like I I don't I don't I don't even get what that means. So I'm gonna try to give you a very high level um answer and It'll get a little granular as we progress, possibly. But then, you know, I I suspect that you'll have a lot of questions after. But I'm going to try to keep it really general and simple. I think it's helpful for everybody um, in the audience. So I don't know anything about investing money. What does it mean? where, Where does one start? Okay, so investing is a huge term. You can invest money in many things. In fact, we're always investing our money. But really, what we're referring to is investing our money in assets that yield a higher return 
than the money would yield sitting in the bank or being invested in assets that depreciate over time instead of growing in value over time. So we want the money to be growing. Um, and so we can invest our money in assets that grow or yield a return in many different ways. It could be individual stocks and bonds. It could be a pool of many stocks or many bonds. It could be real estate properties that provide rental income or that one resells, or as they say, we flip. It could be investing in a business or many businesses, et cetera, et cetera. So that's number one. That's the general concept, okay? Number two is, well, now that I know that, how do I get started if I'm not a seasoned expert? I think I think that's kind of like where you were um, what you were leading me to, okay? Um, and the first place that I would start is by checking if your employer offers retirement benefits like a 403B or a 401K. And I know I just introduced a few new words, <laughs> like, but let's take the first word, the word retirement. You might be wondering, like, what in the world does that have to do with anything? So here's the correlation, okay? When we invest, as I said, we're putting our money into assets, we're purchasing assets that we expect to grow in value over time, and that in the future are going to yield us a return either in the form of a payout or regular payouts. So one of the easiest ways to start investing money to do that is to do it in a pool of assets that will grow over time. And eventually, in this case, that time, that eventual time is retirement, will produce that st stream of income or regular payouts, doing so in something that's called a tax deferred account. That means we're going to invest in a type of account that offers um, or allows the taxpayer, that being you, Sarah, to postpone paying taxes on the money invested until it's withdrawn, which generally happens after retirement. So many employers offer these types of accounts to their employers as part of their employer employee benefits package, right? It's a benefit. It's like a perk. And they're called 403, 401, 401k or 403bs. It, 403bs if you work for the public sector. But why the employer? What does it have to do with anything? Well, ba basically because they want to incentivize you to take a percentage of your paycheck and invest it for your future. It's like they're giving you an incentive to take care of yourself. Hey, we can facilitate this. We offer this plan. All we have to do is you tell us how much you want to invest out of your paycheck and we'll put it in the plan for you. In most cases, this comes with an even added benefit, which is that the employer will match a certain amount of the money. That is, if you put a certain amount of your monthly salary, let's say 6%, they'll, they will match you possibly with another 6%, for example, effectively giving you free money. It's when a, when a, when a company offers an employer match, um, an employee match, they are literally giving you free money that will grow or compound along with your money, the money that you're putting into the investment plan. Okay, it'll grow and compound over time. And of course, you also get the benefit of being able to deduce all the money that you're putting into that retirement account, your contributions, right, from your taxes. So you get a break on income tax. So again, your contributions are tax deductible. So that is the one of the big benefits of this. And as I said, um, you also are not paying taxes on your investment amount until you start pulling out the funds later in life at retirement. Okay. So for most people, 
this is a low-hanging fruit. This is just the easiest and smartest way to start because many people have access to this. In fact, I would encourage you, Sarah, to find out with your employer. I'd be surprised if you don't have such a benefit, again, in the form of 403B or a 401k. And so if you have access to that, then you should do that. Even while you're saving, say, to have a cash cushion of saving for other opportunities, right? We've often talked here about, you know, the fact that you should have some cash, some liquid cash. We like to call it an opportunity fund. Others like to call it an emergency fund. So if you have the opportunity of having um, a a retirement plan through your employer, you want to take advantage of that opportunity, even as you are trying to build your cash cushion, you you know, you want to try to do those simultaneously. Now, to get a little bit more technical within those plans, you as the beneficiary of the plan are going to choose among different investment options that that 401k or 403b plan will offer you. Um, You know, you're going to do you want stocks? Do you want bonds? Do you want both? How much risk do you want? How much you want to pay in fees? How much time do you have be, you know, before you plan to start pulling this money out? Those those are all the things that now you're going to have your options in the plan. They're broke. And, and we've talked about this before. These details are broken down in other episodes on the show, but I just want to give you the basics, right? So the basic is enrolling in that plan if it's available to you, and then make sure that you're contributing up to the amount that you need to, at the very least, get your employer's match. You want to make sure that you're getting that, okay? Now, when you're inside that plan, now that you've enrolled, of course, there's more to be said about how to invest that money based, again, on the time that you're in a retirement, on your risk tolerance, all all that. But suffice it to say, yes, to think about things like your time horizon, your risk tolerance, uh, the long-term returns of the various funds that are offered and the expense ratios of the funds offered, how much it costs to hold those investments. I spoke about this on Instagram this week. These two numbers are very important, and you're obviously aiming for high return, which I should say comes with risk. So you have to understand risk and your risk aversion and low expense ratios. And by that, I mean lower than 1% for sure, but if possible, even lower than 0.1%. I know that sounds low, but yes, you can even go that low. So sometimes employee sponsor plans don't have too many of those low fee options that are, you know, really well below the 0.1%, but, but, Often more more often now recently than not, you could still find it, but you could try to get as low, low as possible. But anyway, that's getting really technical. Okay, so go beyond that, there are other ways that you can invest shortly. Okay, and again, we've gone over the, these on the show before. If your income is below a certain threshold, which again, it's it's an the IRS website will be able to tell it to you. You can Google it pretty easily then you have the option of opening a what's called a Roth IRA and contribute to it. Again, not everybody's eligible. If you make beyond a certain amount a year, you're not going to be able a, eligible to contribute to that vehicle, but maybe you are. It's a similar type of account, but it's not sponsored by your employer. This is, is on your own. You're funding it on your own and you will be paying taxes now on the money invested, but no taxes when you withdraw the money. Your contributions into the, I, the, the Roth IRA are not tax deductible. So that's the key difference between the Roth IRA plan that you're going to you open on your own and your employee-sponsored plan, okay? The 401k or the 403b. So, the basic order that you maybe want to think about is to 
max out the amount that you can contribute to the employee sponsored plan up to the match, then take funds to max the contribution your contribution to a Roth IRA, or I, sh- I should say also then focus on having a cash cushion, whatever that makes you comfortable. If it's three months, six months, possibly I wouldn't go beyond 12 months of expenses. Um, have, have some cash cushion and, and, and really push yourself to, if you're eligible for a Roth IRA to really max out the Roth IRA, it really is very, uh, it's $6,000 uh, limit a year if you're above um, 50, I think it's 7,000. Um, but if you're eligible to open one, it's a good idea to try to max that. Um, and so ma- match, max out your 401k or 403b up until the um, employee match, work on that cash cushion, max out your Roth IRA contributions. And if you still have money to invest, then go back to the 401k and keep funding it up to the annual contribution limit, which is way higher than your Roth IRAs, um, way, way higher. Um, Then if you want to continue investing, you can open a regular taxable investment account, often called a brokerage account, and you can invest in a pool of index funds there. You know, you can invest in a pool of low fee, um, funds and, you know, diversify in there. And we can talk about that later. We've talked about it many times on the show. Um, so I just want to keep it very high level to see if hopefully that starts making sense and sense in terms of the mechanics behind investing. Even if, even before you get to the nitty gritty of what those investments are, you kind of have to understand the, the types of accounts available to you. Now, let's say, Sarah, you don't have that account, that employee-sponsored plan, that empl- that 401k, 403b available to you, but this sounds like something that, oh, I should be doing that. I want to do that. Then you certainly can, and I actually suggest that you do. You can open a Roth IRA and or a traditional IRA, or if you're self-employed, you can open a SEP IRA. There's a few options available. I don't want to get too into them. Um, if you have specific questions on that, you can ask further. Um, but yes, you can you could do this on your own. You can open these accounts on your own where you're, you know, kind of quote unquote forcing yourself to start investing on your future self, right? And of course, you don't have to just invest money in the stock market or in stocks and bonds. Let's say you like picking individual stocks. Well, that doesn't sound like you, but let's say, right? That definitely requires education and time. You know, there's all there's people who also who, who trade stocks. That is that they're constantly buying and selling. And there's people who like to pick individual stocks and invest in them to hold them to hold on to them for the long-term growth of the company of the value of the stock. Both of these things, stock picking and trading individual stocks. Um, or investing in individual stocks and and trading individual stocks. They're both different things and they both require its own set of skills, education, and competence. Let's say you like real estate. That also requires education and time. And as we discussed, we mentioned on Monday's episode with Hannah and Dave Mason, there's no reason why you can't start growing the savings that you eventually want to put into your first investment property 
in a pool of low fee, high return index funds so that the money is growing while you're getting educated on the first property that you'll be investing in. Same thing, say, same thing um, let's say if you want to invest in businesses someday, well, then start parking your money somewhere where it can grow as you're looking for that first business opportunity, as you're getting yourself educated and you're finding the opportunities, right? Um, so that's investing in very big, brush strokes. I know you will have more questions. I'd be surprised if you don't. So feel free to reach out with specific questions on what I said, and we'll take it from there. But hopefully that gave you um, enough to chew over and um, then to take it to the next level. All right. Slaya has a related question. She says, yeah, El, I'm scared of investing in the stock market. I get that it makes sense, but I'm I'm a real scaredy cat. Okay, <laughs> I'm scared of starting. All right, Leah, I'm wondering what you're believing about the stock market or about investing that makes you scared. And it's possible that you're confusing it with perhaps investing in one stock or where you know you've heard horror stories of that stock tanking and people losing money, tons of money. It's possible that you've heard horror stories of people losing their their retirement money or their long-term savings because they were heavily invested in one stock very often it was in the in the in the stock of their own employer right of the comp- that company that they worked for and that maybe tanked right when they were about to retire and they lost all their savings or maybe you've heard of ponzi schemes where people handed over their retirement money to somebody who uh, guaranteed you know, double digit returns consistently, and they got scammed. So you may have heard all these things. And that can give you this kind of fearful feeling about investing in the stock market. I personally don't find investing in the stock market scary. I think it's rather boring and rather easy. Um, and like I said before, I feel like it's like a low hanging fruit. There doesn't require much sophistication. <laughs> it's definitely not sexy. Um, not as sexy as buying, you know, one stock and putting a ton of money in Tesla. I mean, that's a conversation starter or, you know, uh, on different uh, on different individual, let's say, stocks or assets. What I do find scary um, well, is doing that, right? And putting a lot, a lot of my money in one thing. Although, you know, there's something to be said for that if you really are going to get yourself educated and you can handle that level of risk and, and, and you really know what you're doing. But for most of us, the average people, um, again, low-hanging fruit, easy, boring, it takes care of what it needs to take care of, which is making my money grow while I sleep and I don't have to worry too much about it uh, or at all about it. I do find the idea of my money sitting in cash actually more scary because it's losing value to inflation and it's it's just not allowing the power of compounding to create wealth for me. It's I'm not benefiting from the growth of the economy over the long term and that sounds scary to me. That sounds like why would I do that? Like that's such a huge missed opportunity where I could take advantage of that opportunity without having to invest too much time and effort. Again, if if we have the time and the effort, we should get more sophisticated, but we're we're talking really basic here.
Reproductive genetic testing before marriage has been a widely accepted practice in our community for decades. And because of this, fewer babies have been born with genetic diseases. The process really works. I've done it, and so will my children one day, please God. But with the advances in modern technology, there's even more we could be doing, and JScreen is here to help. JScreen provides affordable at-home testing and genetic counseling via telehealth. Their testing panel consists of over 200 conditions and was carefully designed with the health of the Jewish community in mind. And did you know that Ashkenazi Jewish men and women face a 1 in 40 risk of carrying mutations in the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes? This is more than 10 times the risk in the general population. When a person knows they carry one of these mutations before they develop cancer, they can take advantage of available options for medical management and cancer risk reduction. This test saves lives. Whether kids are in your future or you want to know your risk of cancer, take control. Genetic testing saves lives. Go to jscreen.org today and claim $50 off testing with the code JLP50. That's jscreen.org code JLP50. Hey, are you sick and tired of attracting the wrong people, wasting time on dead-end relationships, and wondering how come other areas of your life can be so great while your dating life is so disappointing? Is this the year that you want all that to change? It's time to try a radically new approach. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity, period. Sign up for the free masterclass, the five powerful shifts to quit attracting the wrong men, and finally summon your soulmate at meettomarry.com forward slash Jewish love masterclass. There you'll learn from Barry Lyman, founder of the Meet to Marry method, endorsed by author and educator Steve Covey as smart, principled, and engaging. Ready for change? Ready to finally find your soulmate? You know you are. Sign up for the free masterclass at meettomarry.com forward slash Jewish love masterclass. So I'm not suggesting anyone put all their eggs into the stock market. Not at all. We should have liquid savings and we should have other forms of investments, whether it be in real estate or in businesses. But definitely you want to make sure that some of your money is invested in the stock market again over the long term. Is it the highest return out there? Of course not. You could do riskier things and get way higher returns or perhaps not even riskier things, but again, more demanding in terms of your time and your education and get way higher returns. But in the meantime, why are you not taking advantage of the opportunities, right? So because we know that over the long run, the stock market averages 8% growth adjusted to inflation. And so I know that in 2030 years time, I'll probably see that. But many, many of those years, including this year, for example, I'm seeing double digit growth on my money. So you know, will that stay like that forever? No, certainly not. But I can expect that at the very least, least if I've diversified my money across the entire stock market and stayed the course over a period beyond 15 years, I should at the very least be looking at the average of 8% returns, possibly even more. Again, this doesn't have to be my only investment vehicle or strategy, but to not have it be 
part of your investments is a missed opportunity, especially at the beginning, especially if we're just starting and especially because we want to take advantage of the benefit of compounding and that requires time. So at the beginning, if you're just sitting around with cash waiting for the day that you can get a bit more sophisticated and elaborate, too much cash sitting around is anyway, just not just hardly making money with the low interest rates and and it's actually losing money, purchase, it's losing purchasing power, I should say, to inflation. So you want to invest in things that tend to beat inflation and the stock market and real estate both typically do that. So please check back with me, Leah. I know that was maybe a lot. If you have more questions on that, I mean, inflation in and of itself might be something that you have questions on. I don't know, but surely be in touch with me. But I hope that was helpful. And that's a wrap, ladies. Thank you. Anonymous on Instagram. Thank you, Sarah and Leah on Facebook. Next week, the lovely Marnie Batista will be here. And if you enjoyed this episode and you found it helpful, please leave a review and rating on your Apple podcast app or really any app you're listening in. Like I said before, many have told me that, hey, you have to pick reviews from other apps. And I actually have to figure out how to do that because that's really sweet of you. It's not as user friendly as we'd like, unfortunately. But if you're an iPhone user, click on the app where you're listening and leave your review. It's super easy. And please remember, leave me questions for the Ask Yael episodes. You can DM me on Instagram or you can email me yael at jewishlatinprincess.com and send in your questions. I hope you have a wonderful day and Shabbat Shalom.